behind the glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. This is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mothers. Hey, it's been a while. It has. I, I've been receiving messages from our fans being like, hey, uh, when are you guys doing some more Homebrew Bound? <laughs> well, what's going on? And I'm like, well, it's just, we haven't had a chance to get together. Lives are crazy right now. You're planning a wedding. and You just to- celebrated a birthday. And yeah. That, like, took, that took a whole weekend, didn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> we went to Decorah for uh, um, for my birthday weekend. Uh, hang out at Toppling Goliath and Pulpit Rock. And yep, I've I've done that before. Yep, I think, and I think you were even there. Yeah, yeah. It's it makes a good weekend. Um, Did you go to that same campground? No, uh, we stayed at the uh, the Pulpit Rock campground, which is literally a mile, mile and a half walk from the breweries. Oh, right on. So, so you didn't even need vehicles to get exactly. That was that was the entire plan was <laughs> not to need any actual uh, transportation besides our own feet. And technically, that's within crawling distance. Yes, and there was a couple of nights where, well, actually both nights, we were pretty close to that, <laughs> not needing to crawl. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, they had just put out a Scorpio, or a Scorpius Mocello, uh, which was their Galaxy uh, double IPA, and yeah. it was phenomenal. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was. it was very good. Uh, so we did that. We hung out at the, uh, when it, we, we meandered up to like those, uh, those like ice caves and, and whatnot. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Super jealous. I was unable to be there. My presence was requested in no less than three states on that particular weekend. Uh, one, they wanted me to work overtime. Uh, two, it was my brother's birthday. Uh, three... It was your birthday in Decorah. Four, it was my cousin's graduation, college graduation in uh, somewhere north Minnesota. It was absolutely ridiculous. So, the nap I took was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those cases where I was just supposed to do so much stuff and I just took a nap instead. Yeah. Yep, been there. Uh, I did end up going to my... My brother's birthday, I guess, his uh, girlfriend just kind of threw together a little shindig down at the park in town here. Cool. Yeah. There was crappy cake, and I found uh, this wonderful cheese from Katie Cheese Factory. Super, super, super spicy, made with uh, scorpion and ghost peppers. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, As hot as it is, they did an amazing job for making something that was that is just absurdly spicy, but also is just really tasty cheese, too. I'm such a baby when it comes to, like, <laughs> hot stuff. Like, yeah, no, too many jalapenos, and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and this one is, like, it's really good, and I feel bad because most of it's going to go to waste because you literally just can't eat enough of it fast enough over a short enough period of time to ever justify getting, you know... A, a tub like that big around just it's not very big but you need so little to get what it has to offer uh so have you been doing much brew wise 
Um, no, just uh, just planning my next one, uh, next brew every year uh, over uh, Memorial Day weekend. I usually do a big brew, and so I'm trying to get that stuff together for for that weekend. Um, I know. Uh, I know I'm gonna do another batch of uh, Andromeda if I can get the get the hops. Okay. So. Nice. And that's that's really all I have planned uh, right now. Yeah, beer or brewing wise. Um, I just I have a lot of stuff I need to package. Is is where I'm sitting right now. I suppose I haven't looked around down here for a while. Not just some barrel aged stuff that needs to go in bottles and free up those kegs and. I suppose. And here I am, not coming over and drinking your beer. How dare you? I'm such a shame. You're such a bad friend. <laughs> I have unfortunately done nothing brew-wise recently because wedding. Yeah. Um, saving up all the money I can. Uh, but this weekend, I just kind of told the fiancé I'm going to go brew this weekend. So I have that to look forward to. Oh, nice. What are you making? Uh, I don't know yet. I figured uh, we could take this opportunity and kind of revisit one of the last bombshells you dropped on me on our previous episode. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. The uh, yeah. We haven't had a chance to sit down and we we have not uh, choose choose a beer. Uh, I think this is this might be the la- the first time I've seen you since the last episode. It is the first time yeah. you've seen me since the last episode because life be cray. Uh, some very. Some very uh, unfortunate things have taken place between then and now. Oh no! Yeah, so nothing. I've, I. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, off the we'll air. talk about that later. All right. Um. Let's see. What else? All right. So why don't we uh, dive right into our discussion topic for today? Sure. Uh. So we're going to do a style rundown today. Uh. Relatively straightforward and just kind of going through. I figured British brown ale. Uh, something we haven't covered on the show before, and as I imagine, something that is kind of close to your heart. Um, you know, as like I really like milds and bitters. The brown ale, not necessarily uh, a style I, I, I trend towards. But it's a British brown. Yeah, but it's just because you throw the word British on it doesn't mean I necessarily love it. There's just something about brown ales that... Fair enough. Um, no, and, but, and for the longest time, there's been something about brown ales for me, too. Um, relatively recently speaking, within the last year or so, I have discovered uh, more brown ales that kind of break the tedium of what seems so typical mm-hmm. to represent the style. Yep. And I, I find that uh, brown ales just in general, are hard to make worthwhile. Yeah, one of my first all-grain beers was an American brown ale that I hopped the crap of out of. And it wasn't bad, but I didn't know what I was doing. And <laughs> there was just hot matter everywhere. <laughs> just everywhere. Live and let learn. How was the beer? The beer? Yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. I mean... Well, no, I take that back. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Um, like, like I said, there's a lot of hot matter in it, and so you got uh, that that plant, uh, vegetable, or vegetal uh, character, um, and 
the beer itself was a little grainy because of all the plant matter. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, no, no, it wasn't great at all, actually. Thinking back on it, that was a bad beer. <laughs> that was a really bad beer. All did, right, good to know. Did Did you drink it? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I mean, I was young and dumb. <laughs> I don't have time for bad beer now. Back then, I had all the time in the world for bad beer. Well, we've reminisced about my history, so I won't try and dig too much of that up. Yeah. Uh, so... What is one big example of the classic British brown style? I'll give you a hint. One guess. All right, uh, Newcastle. Newcastle is a perfect example of uh, this style that everybody in clear bottles. In clear bottles. I don't know how I feel yes, about no, that. Nobody's perfect, but you know they've been doing it for such a long time. Yeah. Uh, do you know any others off the top of your head, perchance? Oh man, thinking brown ales, English brown ales. Um, right off the top of my head, no. Uh, probably the other big to... one I would expect to pop into people's heads, at least locally here, would be Sam Smith. Oh yeah, Sam okay. Smith, I not see... brown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of that one. Oh well. Because clearly Sam Smith just is not on your mind. No, no. Think like English things that pop in my head are like Old Speckled Hen. Uh, Boddington's, uh, uh, Hobgoblin, I guess. Is Hobgoblin one. is, uh, yeah. Well, that's well, they make one, I think. Yeah, they uh, Witchwood does. Witchwood makes one. That's the one I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, Witchwood. which Witchwood is the the brewery that makes Hobgoblin? Oh, okay. And I think I think Hobgoblin. Oh, man, what is Hobgoblin? I loved that beer for the longest time. Um, it might be a brown, but it's like eight percent or something. Um. Uh, ESB. Okay, yeah. That is that is what we're having or looking at here. So, as far as uh, British Browns go, do you know what a quick rundown of the style looks like? Um, well, uh, if I'm going by what's in my glass, sure. This is actually um, a relatively good example. Yeah. Uh, b- color. Um, brown, obviously. Who um, thunk? Yep. Like a sweet uh, English yeast malt aroma. Yep. Um, very little hop character in the aroma. Um, a, uh, I get like toffee. Um, just a hint of... Yeah, uh, so I get like toffee and biscuit. Uh, those traditional like English flavors that I look for in an English ale. Sure. Um... And then there's like a caramel undertone to everything. And that more or less sums up how the vast majority of them should sound like as far as uh, flavor descriptors. You're more or less right on the money. So the typical British brown uh, is light, sweet, malty aroma. Uh, Dark amber to a reddish brown. Makes sense. Uh, Medium malt sweetness with uh, caramel character to taste. With dry finish, lightly hopped and balanced with medium mouthfeel. And uh, what do I have here? Basically, a beer between an English bitter and a dark mild. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then, uh, like you said, the hop the hops are uh, virtually non-existent. Uh, they're there just to create a balance so that you don't have something too coyingly sweet. Mm-hmm. 
cloyingly sweet. And then, of course, a number like that is appropriate. To yeah, the four point seven low low alcohol by volume compared to any English or var- er, American variant you might find. Yeah, <clears throat> and of course, we Americans love to hop the crap out of anything we get our hands on. We sure do. You know, I. It took me a long time to realize how just legitimately and literally true that was. <laughs> you know, because I, I just remember back in the day, you know, like brown ales, English English brown versus American brown. I had no idea. Drink one, drink the other, like them both. Never thought about it too hard. Yep. And then, you know, you just start reading American versions of these foreign styles and it's like... American hops, American hops, American hops, and that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they and it's it's not necessarily like American hops. It's just a lot of the thing. Yeah, a lot of the thing. Like uh, kind of like Eric's mentality on American beers. Imperialize them. Yeah. Um. Lately, he's been more uh hop the hop the crap out of them. But yeah. yeah. Uh. But you can he, blame he Treehouse shifts, for that one. He shifts back and forth. Yeah. But he does learn quite a bit in the process. It's always an entertaining process to listen just to just yeah him ramble. Oh yeah. Uh, so for the for a style that seems so straightforward, where does the ability for variability to come in? Uh, it's mostly in the malt bill. Um, you can get you can play with uh, with those flavors quite a bit. You can uh, boost some over the others, or like you can you can. Like either back down on that caramel, you can boost it up. You can use different uh, different malts to produce a different, uh, like a completely different beer. You can. And something I was even reading uh, reading about this morning before I made it here uh, is that there are northern versus southern British brown styles. Did you know that? I did not. No, I did not either. And it's mostly just uh, one being uh, more sweet, and the other being more dry okay uh that would be probably be the apt and shortest way to put it all right uh so i thought it was interesting um i don't know if i can think of any being one versus the other off the top of my head this is probably more akin to a northern uh because it's just a little bit drier Mm -hmm. uh so what is the big problem with brewing brown ales, and we kind of touched on this earlier already. I have to drink them. No, that is not the problem. <laughs> Unless we're referencing your old beer there. Um, yep. No. What, any idea? Um. And this is this is pretty subjective. This is a, a personal opinion of mine. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want you. Uh, it's that. It's very hard to do one that's really good. And for the most part, the brown ale in general has kind of been, it, it's it's been pigeonholed into uh, uh, a beer judge's worst nightmare because they're all so blah. So many of them are just so hard to do really, really well. They just kind of fall short and end up in this blah, mediocre pile that just does not stand out. And that's that's a personal, you know, so... Brew Your Own says that about beer judges. I just feel that it's really hard to do one really, really well. But when you do, it's a very, very good beer. Okay. Um, I haven't brewed enough uh, browns to test that theory. But. I haven't... Well, 
I've just drank so many com- commercial variants because originally I really didn't like Newcastle back in the day. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of it now, although I have nothing particularly bad to say about mm-hmm. it. Um, but I feel like it's a style I always kind of wanted to like and just didn't because I couldn't yeah. find any examples of one that I've liked. Uh, and then sampling some of the beers at uh, the liquor store, um, there were some examples of one that are like, holy crap, this is really, really good. Nuanced, get right level of body, nuttiness coming through with the caramel sweetness on the back end, and just textbook style delicious. Any uh, any specific examples? Uh, I think uh, Bell's Best Brown Okay, took me by surprise a couple years ago. And Sam Smith Nut Brown Ale, I think, is actually a pretty good example of uh, one that stands above the rest as well. Okay. Um, they do a good job of kind of bringing that nutty character forward as opposed to some of the more... Um, the sweeter. Straight, yeah. roasty, biscuity, or just the, the caramely sweet ones uh, as opposed to it. All right. Very cool. So I have here, because we're, we're sipping upon Newcastle, I have a clone recipe all right um any ventures are you interested in trying to come up with your own real quick do you, um, do you think man. you'd be able to come up with anything i don't know i i gotta thank uh brown out recipes for a second here sure all right well um i'll give you a hint virtually everything starts with the word british oh yeah yeah or english yeah. <laughs> yeah um all right so if i was gonna brew this beer i'd start with um, like a crisp, uh, pale, pale malt. Okay. That's my base. Um, and then I'd add, oh, crystal, like some crystal 120, some like Eng- all, all English malts. Of, of course. Yep. Yep. Um, or caramel 120. Uh, and then... Then I'd step down uh, and probably throw um, some 60 and some 40 in there just for some malt malt complexity and to really uh, boost up those uh, those those flavors. Okay, uh, but without without making it too dark. Sure. So I'd want I'm, I'd want the 120 in there for color because I think it'll get me a real good uh, brown and then um, some others in there uh, just to boost it up. And then I think I'd leave it there. I wouldn't do a whole lot else to it. Um, and then I'd pitch uh, an English yeast, um, probably London Ale 2. All right. That's decently accurate. I mean, as far as what I would have come up with, because I, unfortunately I didn't think about it until I found the article that's mm-hmm. like, hey, Newcastle clone. I'm like, oh, sweet, convenient. Uh, so this one does call for British two-row pale. Okay. And it also does call for Crystal 120. To 150. Okay. So you hit those both right on the head. Uh, chocolate malt mm. is uh, an ingredient that is uh, cited as optional for this style. Uh, kind of give it some of those darker, more rich flavors, you know, mm-hmm. just in very small amounts. Uh, this one calls for flake. This clone recipe calls for flake maize, although I do not personally agree with that very much. Especially in the BJCP, it says ingredient or adjuncts like these can start to take away from the yeah. I don't. Characteristic. I, like, I I think I would ditch the maze on this one, but and then uh, but I guess the body's pretty light. 
So. Yeah, the body is pretty light. Uh, roasted barley would be the last thing mm. they tossed in there, and I can see that. Yep. Just a tiny, tiny bit for a uh, 13, 14-pound recipe. It's got 0.75 yeah. ounces. And probably just just a bit of, like, Fuggle or Willamette or something like that. Uh, Fuggle and EKG. EKG, okay. Um, and then they say white or white bread ale, or excuse me, WLP 1099 or uh, 17. Okay. And, and most of them will get the job done pretty similarly yeah. uh, as far as the esters bringing, you know, making the right esters and then bringing the hops into balance. And uh, most English yeasts are also really, really flocculent. Uh, so that lends towards barrel conditioning if that's a route the home brewer wants to go to. Yeah. So pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, a, a simple style that allows for a lot of complexity. And when you do it right, in my opinion, uh, they're amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just I. You're not sold, but then again, I'm not sold on the brown. Ah. Um, uh, but then again, that's just a personal preference. Uh, yeah. This beer, uh, it's not a bad style by any means. And if somebody puts a good one in front of me, I'll drink it. But it's not something I'm going to go seek out. Sure. Uh, I'd I'd rather uh, go for something like um, a mild or something in that category where I'm still going to get the like. Because English beers, I really look for, like, toffee and biscuit and those flavors. Like, that's, I I love it. Absolutely love it. Sure. And I guess uh, wherever possible you like to have at least a little more of a hop character coming forward. Yeah, just just a little bit. Um, I don't like sitting and drinking sweeter sweeter beers just because I'm not a sweet guy. I like... um, Dry finishes. Well, yeah, and I, I like I um I, I like my I like my bitterness. I like just I like it to be tempered. Sure, and and for the most part, that's what uh, a a British brown is supposed to be. Um, it sounds like maybe the American version is would be more up your alley just because they have more of a pronounced hot profile. Yeah, and, but and uh, even then, they they still tend to be more on the sweet side than I prefer. I suppose. Um. Well, that's what I have for you today for the the discussion topic. All right. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Um, Any last notes, questions, concerns? Well, so if you had to make a brown ale, like just not uh, like not not necessarily a Newcastle clone, sure. if you had to make a brown ale, what would give me like just a rough recipe? Uh, I would probably start with Marisada because me loves. Some Marisader. You and your damn Marisader. Uh, yes. No, uh, I love Marisader. I'd probably do the vast majority there. Um, toss in some biscuit, maybe a little victory, uh, one or the other. Uh, just kind of give it a little bit of that uh, biscuity flavor. Marisader has its own nutty qualities going through. Um, Fuggles is probably the hop I would have gone or a hop of choice I would have gone with, uh, shooting for probably straight 4% alcohol. Okay. And a crisp, dry finish. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd change it up a little bit. I'd use, um, instead of Maris Otter, I would just use uh, just either uh, just an English two-row, like just an English pale malt. Uh, go straight that way. Um, and then 
depending on the batch size, a pound or two of victory, and then um, top off with uh, like C120 for color, and then uh, probably some C60 for some more complexity. Complexity, sure. And then leave it there, and then yeah, use EKG throughout, 100% EKG, um, and then yeah. I I found what the primary difference between English and American pale malts are. Hmm. English versions are killed just a little bit longer. So starting from the bottom, they're uh, a little darker and have the have a richer flavor because of it. Okay. Yeah, and so that's why they or you want a British version to start a brown ale and a lot of other British styles as well. Okay. Well, if you're doing any. Like rule of thumb for me uh, is when I'm emulating a style from another country, I want to use their ingredients. No, and, and that's true. Um, just because you're there's there's a certain uh, character to them that you can't get. Like you're you're going to be missing something. So I want to use English malts, English hops uh, in my in my English beers. Otherwise, it's just so. Like if I did a like. A mild or um, an ESB. Well, let's go with ESB. If I did an ESB uh, with American ingredients, that is essentially just a pale ale at that point. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, if it, if you use all the English ingredients, you're going to get a different beer. No, and that and that's true. Uh, I I guess what I was getting at is, um, in my research, it said. Obviously, start with all of the English yep. ingredients, but if unavailable, you can emulate them um, in certain ways. And one of the first things to to understand about English pale malt is to know that they are kilned a little bit more, giving them that uh, nuttiness, a darker color, a little bit of a, okay. a biscuit roundness. And so you would compensate by using a British pale malt or even just going right to mild malt, except I think that's British in nature as well. Yeah. Um, but you would supplement that with uh, biscuit or victory malt in its stead. Okay. Uh, so it, it is possible to to emulate an English beer without English ingredients, although, like you said, it is just better to start there. Mm-hmm. So. All right, guys. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of our show today. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we're going to try to get better at this this again. <laughs> uh, I know we keep saying that, but things keep happening. Uh, just know that we haven't abandoned you. We have not, we have I not. think, about you guys. Right. I actually just had another request for the control box. Yep, yeah, I sent that over to him. Uh, he also wants us to do a cider show. A so, cider show? Yep, I've been, if you, I've been looking for um, a home brewer who does ciders. I know two of them. All right. Good. So you should contact them, and we should get them on the show so we can talk to them. All right. Um, all right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.